Warriors fans, welcome to a new edition of the USF Pro Insider. This is episode number 46. My name is Rob Howden, and uh, just back from an event at Barber Motorsports Park, a special kind of a Thursday-Friday event as part of the NTT IndyCar Series race down there. And it wasn't the full uh, rung of the or the full ladder system of the USF Pro Championship presented by Cooper Tires. Instead, just the very first step, the drivers in USF Junior is able to get on a an IndyCar weekend, their one opportunity throughout the 2023 season to run uh, with uh, the IndyCars. In fact, on the racetrack for race number two, right after the initial IndyCar practice, which I think uh, gave them some experience on some some differing track conditions, as we know, with that uh, different rubber going down. Uh, it was a pretty solid weekend all around. One of the big things, just from the very top, before we even talk really about uh, the results that we saw, was the simple fact that, again, for the, for the fourth race out of the five, Green to checker in race number uh, two, only one yellow at the very start of race number one. And again, that's one of the things this program's focused on is trying to get as much track time, race time as possible for these young drivers. And man, you know, normally with the, the younger kids, anywhere from 13 to 18 years of age, you think something's going to happen potentially. It's racing. There's going to be wheel-to-wheel contact. But man, four of the five races so far this year, green to checker. So kudos to the quality of the drivers that we have in the program uh, this year. Again, as I had said, getting things underway, uh, we had a, a lot of on-track action on Thursday with a couple of test sections, a practice session, and qualifying as well. Uh, qualifying really went to, to D-Force Racing. They were one, two, three in qualifying. Uh, very impressive with Nicholas Giofoni, Quinn Armstrong, and Lucas Fakuri. Brady Golden was in the top 10 as well of the 15 drivers that we had uh, in the program that this weekend. So, all in all, the D-Force drivers rolled off very quickly, and they really continued that uh, throughout the entire uh, Thursday and Friday action. Uh, Giofoni able to qualify on pole for both of the races, and then jetted really off into a couple of big wins for him, coming off a victory that he got uh, at Sebring as well to take the point lead. Uh, Giofoni won race number one, chased throughout the race by his teammate Quinn Armstrong. Lucas Fakuri made it a, a D-Force racing 1-2-3, although Fakuri at the very end of that uh, race was challenged aggressively by the point leader coming in, Joey Brienza from Exclusive Autosport. He reeled up on him on the, on, the, on the final lap. One more lap, and I think you would have saw Brienza onto the podium, but in, indeed Fakuri able to hold on to it for a 1-2-3 for D-Force. Came back later on that day, as we said, both races happening on the Friday after IndyCar uh, and Giofoni and Armstrong again able to get out cleanly, as was Fakuri. But this time, the driver on the move was Jimmy Lockhart in the VRD racing machine. Uh, he was able to close up and get by Fakuri pretty quickly and moved his way into third spot, finished about a second and a half ahead of Fakuri. And another VRD driver, Max Taylor, having his best run because it was an up and down weekend for Max. He was off the track a couple of times, uh, but found himself P5 to cap things off in race number two. So Barber Motorsports Park rounds four and five of the USF Juniors program presented by Cooper Tires uh, did not disappoint at all. And indeed, a couple of other little notes. Uh, great to have uh, Ram Racing with us as well, a new team uh, to the USF Juniors. Longtime team team in the NACAM uh, F4 Mexico Series have won many championships there. They brought the reigning champion, Juan Felipe Pedraza, up to run. And Pedraza looked good out of the gate with a team that was, was, of course, learning quite a bit when their first outing with the USF Juniors program. And also we saw uh, the debut of young 13-year-old Hudson Schwartz for VRD Racing. Hudson uh, had an overall solid weekend, just kind of stayed in trouble, got comfortable, 14th in race number one, and improved to 12th in race number two. So a top young Carter into the program as well. So, indeed, there's your wrap-up for the last race that we had on the weekend. More to come as we roll now into the month of May, but, hey, this is the guy we get to get a hold of right now. Why not talk 
So the guy who won both races on the weekend ends up leaving with a 21-point lead as well from his home in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Nicholas Giafoni. Nicholas, I know it was a long trek home for you on Monday, but thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, th- thank you, Rob. Thank you for the invite. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. After almost nine-hour flight, uh, it's good to be home for a couple of days, but not too much because we're going back to Road America now for a one-day test, uh, which is good. Not being away from the car too long gets you, gets you focused. And yeah, thank you, thank you for the introduction. And well, it's nice to be here. 18-year-old driver as a, out of Brazil, as I said, coming over here for the first time. Just a second year in racing, finished fifth last year in the Brazilian F4 Series with three wins. So great outing as a rookie driver last year in Brazilian F4. Uh, Nicholas, let me start here. Uh, we'll start with uh, Barbara. Let's go that way. Um, obviously, a, uh, a big weekend for you, right? So we had three different yeah. winners at Sebring at the end of March. So three different drivers, Quinn Armstrong, yourself, and Joy Brands able to get victories. You come into the next round. Uh, you guys roll off the trailer uh, really quickly. How important do you now, confidence-wise, was it to be as good as you were on the weekend? I mean, uh, well, we were focused. The team was very, very focused throughout the whole weekend. And for me, it's great. I mean, there's we, we can't ask as drivers for more than than what we had in Barber. I mean, great car, great uh, great team, great people on the radio with me, trying to learn my best. I try. I had to learn. Uh, Barber really quick to be to be to be fast quickly. So the team did an amazing job. Well, around me during those those days, and well, for me that's really important because getting those two wins gives gives me a good lead. But um, overall, I think that Barber Barber is Barber was very good to us. the The goal for me as a driver is to keep it up as. Well, it's to keep keep what we had in Barber up for the for the rest of the championship. Keep my the way that I drove. Keep that focus and that attention to the, the track throughout the whole season because I don't know the other tracks. So just be kind of the same. Uh, we were we were successful in, in, in Alabama. Again, Barber Motorsports Park's a tough track to learn as well. Nicholas obviously having a little bit of trouble on his connection, but we'll keep rolling through this. Nicholas, I'll ask you a question. Like you said, um, for you and a lot of the other drivers as well, maybe you haven't driven certain racetracks. Were you able to do, do iRacing? Like, were you on the uh, on iRacing service to learn, Barber? You can do the same thing with other tracks you've never been to before? Uh, yes, for sure. For sure. I've been on iRacing for a whole time before I had some sessions with Mateo's list. Uh, he helped me a lot to develop my my skills around the track, and I'm going to do the same for the for the rest of the tracks. As I mentioned, um, I don't know if you can hear me, but I I don't know neither of the tracks we're going to race from this point onwards. So I'll have to do my best and in, in watching videos and training training in the sim because that gives us a pretty good base. Once you're out there yourself, it's very different from from what you feel in the simulator, but. Having that base of the simulations and the video that we get from past events, that helps a lot for the driver to develop quickly. Well, let me uh, let me ask you what the transition was like the first time you got on the track at Barber. Because, yeah, you know, I've, I've personally driven Barber on the sim as well, iRacing, and you get kind of a feel for it. What's it like when you really go through the Alabama roller coaster? Man, there's so much elevation changes that track. How long did it take to get used to the actual elevation changes? And in the day, you can't really figure out it's that, you know. But I'm, I really elevate very big elevations. So, for very we had rain in the beginning. So, while in the track, you had to, you had to really be cautious. 
but overall it was it was a amazing, amazing track uh, again, we're still having some some trouble here in terms of the the internet connection, but we're going to keep rolling through. I like this. We'll just keep we'll just keep rolling with it unless it gets too too bad. Um, so, Barber Motorsports Park, uh, you had a good run there. Obviously, you mentioned the fact that you want to keep that momentum up, right? You want to be able to go to the next track and keep that rolling again. Now, there's a very competitive field. Everybody's going to be gunning for you. Um, let me talk about the next race, and that's you know another month away, right? We were a month between Sebring and Barber. Now it's the first week of June at VIR. What do you think about that track? What have you heard about it before? Uh, I know I know VRR is a very traditional track. I know it's a very fast track. And from what I've done in the sim until, the, until this point is a track with a lot of elevation as well. Um, I know it's all, all the tracks, you gotta, you gotta respect the track when you don't know it. Uh, so it's gonna be important to go out there and do my best as I did in, in Barber. Uh, try to help the team to get the car in shape uh, in the best way that I can. And well, ju- just keep, keep up the good work. I think you have to respect the track, not too much for it to get over you. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. When you, when a track like VR that quick, if you don't respect it enough, it, it can bite you for sure. Let's talk about your team D force racing a little bit. You mentioned Mateus laced. I had a chance to go for the track walk with you guys at Barber Motorsports Park. And I was really interested in watching everybody's dynamic. Mateus obviously from Brazil as I was doing that track walk, I realized I needed to learn both English and Portuguese because you guys were kind of going back and forth a little bit. Uh, but what is, let's, yeah. let's, let's first talk about Mateus. What does it mean to have Mateus Lace? Like a driver we've seen before. He ran uh, at what was the Road Indy at that point in Indy Lights with us with Carlin. Uh, so we know Mateus really well. What does it mean to have him in, in your corner throughout the weekend? The guy's got a lot of experience. No, he, he has a lot of experience. Mateus is an amazing driver and a, a very, very good coach. I mean, he, he has been one of the reasons why I have been successful in this program. I wouldn't be as far as I am now without him. Uh, I think the whole D-Force team uh, kind, of, kind of puts together this, the, what it is. But for my side as a driver, Mateus is really, really important because one, he, he was a driver, so he knows what we are going through. And secondly, once you have a driver in your radio and once you have a person who knows like really the language that you're talking, it really helps for you to develop because sometimes you get too worked up with engineers who, who, weren't, um, who weren't drivers before. So you kind of talk through how the car is, but they don't really have a feel for it because yeah. they never drove. And for me, that experience in D-Force is an absolute uh, primer because I have Mateos and I have David. And David was a driver in, back in his day, so it helps a lot to develop the car. Yeah, David Martinez, one of the owners of D-Force Racing, of course, had some time in champ cars, so he's been at the very top level. And he was part of that discussion during the track walk, talking about where you needed to roll on throttle and where you need to be flat, whatever it may be. Well, now, so it's not these two guys, though. You know, your father as well, Felipe Giafone, obviously had a career up here in the U.S. Is he into it, or does he back off a little bit and let Mateus and David take care of you, or is he kind of hands-on to a certain extent as well? Well, when talking about car and performance, my father really backs off. Uh, he wants me to have okay. the experience. He wants me to, to learn. He wants me, for, uh, he wants me to grow, really. But whenever it comes to a situation where uh, we're talking about life experience or situations where it rains during practice or before practice, the, the atmosphere is kind of crazy. He, he feels like I'm, I'm nervous or I'm in some kind of uh, overwhelming pressure. Then he comes talk to me. So wh- when it's in regards of life experience, and personnel, uh, he come he comes to talk to me. But whenever we're talking about setup changes for the car, he let he lets the engineer do it because he tells me in his time the cars were very very different from 
uh, from now. So he doesn't really know nothing. <laughs> well, you know, those are wise words. It's different race cars nowadays. And I like that approach for sure. Let's yeah. go back and start a little bit about, so just to, so people can learn more about you. As I said, you're 18 years of age. You raced carts for like 10 years. I think you started back in 2012. Tell me about your karting career when you first started going karting down in Brazil. Yeah, it's true. I started karting in 2012. I was seven or eight years old. Uh, wow. Well, pretty, pretty young. Uh, but yeah, I, I started karting because of my father. But as the years went by, uh, the love for the sport came from me. My father never really wanted me to race because he was a race car driver. He wanted me to race because I loved it. And throughout the years, this love for the for the for racing and for adrenaline developed inside me. And well, I did 10 years of karting and then I did a late transition to to the formula cars because he wanted me to have some maturity, some some responsibility by a fact because we're talking about big investments as well and search for sponsorships. So he wanted me to be older and wiser once I made those decisions. That's why uh, I did a late transition to the, to the, to the formula cars. But throughout my 10 years in karting, I was, um, I was very happy. I was a very happy car driver because I only did one championship. I did the state, the, the state championship from Sao Paulo while the drivers I was competing with, did two or three championships, and I was always able to fight for wins, fight for podiums. So in a way, I was the underdog, but we had some good results. Um, being my best result, the, the South America champion back in 2018. That's awesome. And so 2022, you end up moving, as you said, we talked about already to Brazilian F4. You had success there with three wins. What what was it about the USF Juniors program that made you say, you know what, I'm running here in Brazil. How did it come about for you to decide to come to the U.S.? Well, I always had the love for IndyCar. I mean, I'm biased. Uh, my father <laughs> raced there, and I think yeah. the program is amazing. Uh, the, the The scholarship for me is one of it's one of the things which incre uh, increases the value of this this category so much. I mean, when we were talking about going to Europe or going to the US, first of all, I had the love for IndyCar, so I wanted to do to come to the US, and then consequently, this sponsorships helps you a lot. So when uh, when when we're coming from, especially Brazil, where we we have another currency and another type of, of money, we're talking about a whole lot of money. And the USF Pro Championship provides us $241,000 in sponsorship for the USF 2000 program. And the cars from F4 comparing to the juniors are very, very similar. So we thought, why not do a second year thinking about the championship? And hopefully we can we can win the championship and get the scholarship and do the process as Kyle Kirk would do it in the past. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kyle's a fantastic example. And one thing I always love to see as well, you, can, of course, came from F4 over to USF Juniors. That car, very, very similar to the car you will run next year in USF 2000. Uh, but it's, it's the idea to get in here and be able to win some races as well, right? You've obviously put your name now, uh, not only in the headlines here in the U.S., but I'm sure back home as well. You have three wins on the season. Uh, how's the reception been so far back home in Brazil from the success you had this past weekend? No, it, it has been amazing. Amazing. Uh, it's always nice when you when you go to the to the exterior and you have some success because uh, well, normally we get too used to cases that goes go wrong. So whenever you something goes your way, it's very very nice. The reception is very uh, very intense, and I love it. I mean, it gives me strength to to come back to the US and do my best, try to chase wins, try to chase the championship. We, we as a team has been, have been putting a lot of work, but myself as, as an individual, I have been putting a lot of work into my, my physical and mental health. 
and uh, I think this helps me a lot being being together with my family, being together with my friends back at home. This is one of the reasons why I'm living in Brazil is so I can have their support physically, and then I'll go to the U.S. stronger. I like that too. That's a good. That's a good call. And you mentioned D Force Racing, a strong team. They are leading the points championship, the team championship as well by thirty-seven right now over Exclusive Autosport. That battle, of course, will fire back up at VIR uh, on the first week of June, June second, third, and fourth. Looking forward to getting back to that fantastic racetrack. Let's have some fun here now with a little bit more. Uh, four more tracks coming: VIR, Road America, Mid Ohio, and the Circuit of the Americas. Is there one Correct. of the four? Is there one of the four that you're most excited about getting to? Uh, probably middle high. Really? Uh, my father raced there and he told me how amazing the track is. It's a kind of track where I think, I think I like it very much as a driver. Uh, but, uh, from, from the simul from the sim road, America is fantastic. I mm. think it's, it's the, the, the place I'm looking most forward to because it's fast, a lot of fast speed corners, some low speed, like mid low speed corners. And I mean, I'm just pumped to be to be in the in the testing next Monday, and I'll be pumped to to go there um, in the, the beginning of August. So you, you're up here in the U.S. for the first time. You know, you said you're leaving back home, but you are up here with the D Force team. You got some cool teammates. Obviously, as we know, you have a fellow Brazilian, Lucas Fakuri. You got the Australian, Quinn Armstrong, and you got that guy from Texas who rolls around in the cowboy hat all day long, Brady Golan. <laughs> what's yeah, the dynamic? Yeah. What's the dynamic like with all you guys under under the tent at D Force Racing? All the different drivers. The, the dynamic is actually very, very good. The team is amazing because uh, parents do not intrude so much. Parents keep being parents and not coaches and try to try to get That's too good. much in the, into the driver's life, which is great. I mean, all parents do that, which gives us a lot of space to grow. And the dynamic be between us four is good, actually. Uh, obviously, having a Brazilian guy is always nice to speak our home language. Um, but Quinn has been, has been a, a good teammate. He's fast and he pushes me to, to do my best. And Brady all around has been improving a lot. He's a very, very nice guy to be around. And, uh, well, I think overall the, the, the four drivers are, are getting along. I think so, too. I spent some time with you guys, as I said, in the track walk. You have a good dynamic. I like to see that. All right, so yeah. you come to the U.S. Let, let me ask you about food a little bit. I always like to go to food. So when you guys are on, <laughs> when you guys are on the road, I'm not sure – I think I looked at your bio. You like steak. I think was your favorite food. Where, <laughs> yeah. when, you guys are, when you guys are stopping like fast food, do you eat fast food or are you try to stay away from fast food? Is there a favorite place no. you like? Uh, I mean, I, I can't eat fast food. My, no? my belly doesn't let me. No, my belly doesn't allow me. <laughs> All right. So you got to eat. You got, you're always on the nutrition side. Yeah. Whenever I go to the U.S., I know, I know the, the things that I can buy, which, which uh, maintain my diet well. And that's okay. what I try to run. Because I'm a bit older than the than the 15 year olds and the 16 year olds, so my weight is a bit higher than than them. Uh, so, like I I have to keep my weight very very low. So I always have to look out for what I for what I eat. But I mean, there are some pretty good restaurants in the U.S. I love going to Longhorn because you know yeah. you can find it all around the U.S. Yeah, fantastic steak. Yeah, so you're a steak guy. Yeah, you really like. Of, it. Yeah, I love steak. I it's love pure. Steak. It's pure protein, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I can eat. I can eat that. Yes. <laughs> you can eat that. It's All right. Great. Let's uh, let's let's wrap things up here right now. Let me give you an opportunity to talk about your sponsors. And you mentioned sponsors a bit. Who do you have, uh, Nicholas, right now? Who working again? Talking to Nicholas Giafoni for D Force Racing, current point leader in USF Juniors, having uh, won three races out of the uh, five so far. Point leader by what twenty one points right now over Joey Brands, heading to VIR. Uh, tell me about your sponsorship, the partners you have that make this possible for you. 
Well, as you, as you can see in my car, I have Omni. It's a bank back here in Brazil. They are very, very big and they have been sponsoring my family uh, for two years now. They sponsored my father racing in the, in the trucks in Brazil. And they took that approach to me afterwards uh, to, to help me in the U.S. They saw, they saw my career. They saw how much I fight for it. And they, and they thought it was nice to, to help my dream come true. And um, I hope I'm making, I'm making them happy back because I'm trying all that I can. They, 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 like, they were the ones who made this year for me possible, period. I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, so they were crucial, crucial. And I thank them very, very much because sometimes people don't understand how important having this support is. Uh, my, my dream, my life goal would be over without them. So that's how much it means to me for having them on track. And that's what pushes me to being the best driver I can be out there. So Omni, it's, it's the biggest sponsor that I have, my main sponsor, and they were the ones who made it possible. You know, one of the things about uh, IndyCar that has been so great over the years is there has been some fantastic Brazilian racers. We know, obviously, with Tony Canaan and Elio Castro Neves, fan favorites for sure. Uh, the yeah. American and North American Indy, IndyCar fans love their Brazilians. Brazil obviously likes their Brazilian race car drivers. Are you the next one? Are we going to see you in IndyCar? Are you going to follow your dad's footsteps? <laughs> Are you going to run in the Indianapolis 500? I mean, that's the dream. That's my life goal and dream. I'm working towards it every single day. I mean, when you when you when you think back, I'm I'm in the I'm in the USF Juniors, and the Indy car is like four or five steps away from me. But yeah. I gotta think race after race after race and do my best in, in all of those races because when I think back two three years from now, I'm gonna see that all the work will have paid off. I'll do my best. Uh, I love Tony. I love Elio. They talk to me uh, in Alabama. We talk. Well, my father is friends with our is friends. They are friends in between them. So we have we have a very good um, relationship, and I hope that I can become one of the fan favorites someday. I mean, it would be a dream for me. Racing in Naples would be mind blowing. I love it. That's fantastic, man. Let's listen. Let's wrap things up right now. How do people follow you on social media? What channels are you on? Give me the cha- give me the account so they can follow you on social media. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Nicholas Giafoni. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Nicholas Giafoni as well. And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, if you like, uh, Nicholas Giafoni as always. On LinkedIn. Thank I you like very it. much, Rob. Folks, Nicholas Giafoni, as we said, what a great start to the season. Won one of the races at Sebring, part of the three winners at that opening round. And again, back-to-back, Jax uh, was able to dominate the action uh, at uh, at Barber Motorsports Park to take a 21-point lead over Joey Brienza heading uh, into the next round. Again, that next round will be June the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at Virginia International Raceway. It should be a tremendous weekend there. Oh, yeah, let's go. I love it. Um, <laughs> we're not far away from, from more USF Pro Championships racing, folks, though. We are really only about a week away from the uh, Indianapolis Grand Prix Week and the road course event at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. USF 2000 and USF Pro 2000 will be there. A couple of weeks later, the Freedom 75 and the Freedom 90 on the 5.8 Mile Indianapolis Raceway Park, the Carb Night Classic. Uh, we'll be practicing and qualifying on the Thursday, May the 26th, but May 27th. Great evening. Again, the Carb Night Classic all park of the Indianapolis 500 festivity should be a great run, uh, a great night at that fantastic track. I don't want to jinx it, but we've gone green to checker over the last couple of years. It may not happen this year, but man, the drivers have always done such a good job in both the Freedom 75 and Freedom 90. Again, great to have Nicholas Giafone here with Nicholas. One more time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us from Brazil. Thank you, sir. sir. Thank you, Rob. It's been an absolute pleasure. Anytime, just give me, give me a call and I'll be here.
I love it. We had a little bit of trouble there mid 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 show, but man, it kicked turned around, which was great. And again, folks, thank you so much. The season is underway, uh, both in the USF Juniors Pro 2000 and USF 2000. Great field of drivers this year, and added a couple cars as we know uh, to USF Junior. 15 strong. I think we're going to get up to 16, maybe 18 before the end of the season. Talking to a lot of people that potentially may come in for one-offs this year. This series is going to continue to grow with this brand new Tadis. JR23. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. Keep an eye on this young driver right here. Could be the next Geophony at the Indianapolis 500. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.